Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Tryon. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist, and I'm grateful for you joining us today. I must say, podcast might be a bit of a stretch because really this is our weekly sermon, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this week's sermon. I will give one word of warning, though, especially to those of you who are driving. Sermons um, from time to time tend to put people to sleep, so if you're driving, be real careful. We don't want you to fall asleep, because we'd love to have you tune in next week. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this week's sermon, although enjoy is really not the intended outcome of a sermon, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen, and I hope you have a great week. I'll catch you next week. Good morning. And welcome to First Baptist Church. We are grateful to have you join us for this time of worship. It is good to be together in these ways. Even though we are apart, the Spirit binds us together. And I'm grateful for the gift of this day and for the gift of worship. And John Spinks is going to begin our worship the way that he normally does by ringing the bell three times in significance of the trinity so may we now turn our hearts and minds to the worship of god earth has its kings, but God is ruler of all. Praise God above all, the giver of life. The mountains may tremble, the oceans may roar, but God's presence sail. Come into God's presence, for God is among us now. O God, show us your glory. We seek your ways. Come to the Holy One, the God of life, for God is present now.
Let us pray. Here we are again, O oh Lord. Some of us are weak and weary. Some of us are content and even hopeful. But we all come today looking for something holy, longing for something sacred. For we know that the life and breath that you offer is so very different than what the world is trying to sell us. We long for your grace. We desperately need your transforming love. Oh God, come into our homes and our church. We open our eyes and our ears to you. Amen. Oh, worship the King, all glorious above, and gratefully sing His wonderful love. <clears throat> Our shield and defender, the Ancient of Days, pavilioned in splendor and guarded with praise. One of my favorite old hymns is, I Know Whom I Have Believed. I know not why God's wondrous grace to me he hath made known, nor why unworthy Christ in love redeemed me for his own. But I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Let's sing that chorus one more time. But I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against the Reading this morning from Psalm 96. 1 through 13. O oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be revered above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord is king. The world is firmly established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. 
Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming, for he is coming to judge the earth and the peoples with his truth. The word of the Lord. Matthew 22, 15 through 22. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, whose head is this and whose title? They answered, the emperor's. Then he said to them, give therefore to the emperor and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed and they left him and went away. The word of the Lord. 
The church is one foundation. It's Jesus Christ, her Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. With his own blood he bought her, and for her life he died. Elect from every nation, yet one or all the earth, her charter of salvation, one Lord, one faith, one birth. One holy name she blesses, partakes one holy food, and to one hope she presses with every grace and due. Mid toil and tribulation and frenzy of her war, she waits the consummation of peace for her vision glorious, her longing eyes are blessed, and the great church victorious shall be the church at rest. Yet she on earth hath union with God the three in one, and mystic sweet communion with those whose rest is one. O happy ones and holy, Lord, give us grace that we, like them the meek and lowly, on high may dwell with thee. The church is one foundation, is Jesus Christ her Lord. I don't know anyone who actually enjoys paying taxes. Now, there, many folks understand the necessity of such a thing, the social contract that we have, and so they, they do so. But I've not met anyone who really enjoys that. Now, if you do, I apologize. You can introduce yourself to me after. Now, just imagine for a moment if the United States was no longer really the United States, but instead we were a colony of China. And so China has occupied us, and now we live under Chinese law and Chinese rule. And, um, and, and, and then the price for all of that wonderful um, occupation being forced upon us would be that we get to pay them taxes. Can you, can you imagine how excited you would be to pay those taxes? You would, you would probably say, oh, well, actually, um, yeah, paying taxes to the U.S. wasn't all that bad, right? Maybe you'd even round up to the next thousand or something. Um, this is somewhat what it is some, somewhat like it would have been if you were a Jew. And the Roman Empire is the occupying force. 
They have come in and taken over. And, and the great exchange that you get to make for now living under the oppressive arm of the Romans is that you pay them taxes? So no, there is no wonder that many Jews did not like to pay taxes to the empire. The Pharisees did not like paying taxes to the empire. As you know, the Pharisees are those who strictly observe Jewish law, really a group of lay folks who strictly observe Jewish law. And they are not taxes to the empire. Now, the Herodians, who, who we don't know nearly as much about as we do the Pharisees, but you might can learn this from their name, right? Herodians might let you know that they're actually a bit cozy with Herod Antipas. And so they supported paying taxes to the empire because, well, they got some benefits from being close to power, buddied up with the empire. And so it is interesting uh, that Jesus brings these two together. Jesus just has this way of bringing people together, doesn't he? And this time he brings these two that are actually quite at odds with each other together. You know, that whole, a friend, uh, I mean, an enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, that's sort of what happens here. So the Herodians and the Pharisees come together and they say, I think we have him. And so they give a little bit of false flattery and then they ask, is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? Now, if Jesus says yes, he'll just be seen as some grifter of a street preacher who talks a good game but actually sympathizes with the empire and is really not one of the common folks. He'll lose all of his credibility with them, and this would make the Pharisees very happy. They would be pleased with that answer. If Jesus says no, he could be accused of sedition. And the Romans would see him who wants to overthrow the empire, and this would please the Herodians. And so they have Jesus right where they want him. No matter what he says, they have him. But Jesus refuses to be trapped. Instead of answering their question, he says, uh, could you show me the coin that you're talking about, the coin that's used for this tax? It's probably at this point that both the Pharisees and the Herodians begin to uh, realize things may not have gone according to plan. And so they pull the coin out of their pocket and they show it to him. And on the coin are two problems. One, there's a graven image of Caesar on there. Two, the coin says something like this, that Tiberius is the son of the divine Caesar Augustus, which is in some ways to say that Tiberius was a son of God. Both of those things on the coin that they are carrying around with them. And so there's no wonder that Jesus calls them a bunch of hypocrites. Oh, you want to come to me, do you, huh, and try to trap me with your questions? And in a very literal sense, here you are carrying around an idol in your pocket? Jesus nails them 
and they know it. He says to them, whose title is this? And, um, well, it's, um, it's the emperor's, and they are busted. Because you cannot serve two masters. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And the text says, when they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him, and they went away, which is a really nice way of saying that Jesus destroyed them, and they know it, and so they tut tell and go home. And I wonder, why can't we be as smart as Jesus? <laughs> why do we so often get trapped by such binary questions? In fact, in this country, a great many Christians have willingly branded themselves as either a conservative Christian or a progressive Christian. We, we self-identify as though we are conservative or, or progressive, and it's something that, in fact, many of us wear with, with honor and with pride, and yet, why? Why would we be so willing to be held captive by American political discourse? Which is always binary in this two-party. Jesus would fall for that? Do you think that Jesus would ever be trapped in such a way? And yet, if you ask most conservative Christians, they are absolutely certain that Jesus is a conservative, and maybe even a conservative before he's a Christian. And if you ask most progressive Christians, they are absolutely certain that Jesus is a progressive, probably before he's even a Christian. The world needs us, that is the church, to not be more progressive, or to not be more conservative. What the world needs is for us to be more like Jesus. And too often, that's not the question that we pose to ourselves. We, we frame things, well, is this the conservative response, or is this the progressive response? And those are never the questions with which we should challenge ourselves. The questions look more like this. Does this action love my neighbor? Does this action look out for the interest of others more than my own? Does this action manifest the fruit of the Spirit? You see, our culture is at war with ourselves, and we have been managed to be sucked into the vortex. And we're trapped. Now, to say such things. I don't really know which one it is. But it is true that we have a really important election a few weeks away. Which is why we have to ask ourselves these kinds of questions. And why we should remind ourselves, why it's the church's job to remind us that you cannot serve two masters. You can't. Now, I want to be really clear 
I think the upcoming election is extremely important. And I think it's really important to vote. And I'm not even saying that Christians can't be Republicans or that Christians can't be Democrats. I'm not saying that at all. And I'm not saying that we should just stick our heads in the sand and pretend that we never have to make binary choices because the truth is the way things are in this country, we have a two-party system, and we almost always have to make a binary choice when we enter the voting booth. What I'm saying, though, is what I understand Jesus to be saying in this text and in many, many other texts. He is reminding us again and again that you cannot serve two masters. Where is your loyalty? Where is your heart? The question for us is not whose image is on our coins, but in whose image have we been made? Over and over again that we are to declare our allegiance to God and to God alone. That is what the world needs from the church right now. We will either allow the good news of Jesus to be the lens in which we view and interpret the whole world, or we will allow it to be something else, whether it be conservatism or progressivism or capitalism or Marxism, or the list could just go on and on and on and on. Choose this day. Choose this day whom you will serve. We cannot serve two masters. Amen. Take a moment to rest in the goodness of God's love and God's mercy and remember to whom you belong as the music is offered.
So a friend of mine was preaching this sermon series through the Sermon on the Mount. And in his congregation, there was the chair of the local Democratic Party, and there was the chair of the local Republican Party. And so he finished this sermon series with kind of a roaring, poignant sermon. And he said, so the first one to meet him at the back door was the, the chair of the Republican Party. And he said, wow, that was such a great sermon. And then he kind of leaned and he said, but I, I heard what you were really saying. Boy, you gave it to him, didn't you? And then about 10 people goes through and the chair of the local Democratic Party comes through and he said, man, that was good. And boy, you really got him, didn't you? I heard you. And the truth is neither of them really heard him. They were hearing it through this other lens. They were seeing it another way. But the kingdom of, in which we are a part, it transpires ethic, a different way of life. Let us pray. Loving God, help us to set aside our way. Help us to open ourselves to your ways, to your wisdom. Help us to rest from all the internal and external noise. Give us rest from all those voices that seek to sway and distract. And give us silence amid the noise so that we can connect with you. Speak to our broken world and our own broken lives. Show us the way in which to live. Show us your way so that the world may see and know your goodness, and your love. So that we may be reconciled and healed. Heal us from this terrible virus and heal all, all of the ones. I invite you to unmute yourselves and to offer the names of those who need God's healing. Vincent Moore, Erica, Sherry, Eli, Daniel Bauman, Rachel Nelson, Stephen Seymour, Andrew McKegg, Tim Dempsey, Gabby Mills, Terry and Cindy Mabry. Sharon Burrow. The family of Ashton Owens. I want to give a prayer of thanksgiving for our committee. 
people at church. I was there this week for someone to take me to the eye doctor. Jeff's now the NFS Mary Price. I'm so thankful for this church. Heal the ones we have named, O oh Lord. Heal the ones left unnamed. Heal the ones unknown to us. Heal us and reconcile us through Jesus. And now I invite you to unmute yourselves and to pray the Lord's Prayer with us. Our Father, who art in heaven, heaven. Amen. So if you would now mute yourselves, and then as Jim offers the doxology, may we sing along with him joyously from home. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. It has been great to worship with you. This morning, it's been great to be together in these ways. While we cannot be together in the same room yet, it is still great to be together. And I feel like this does bind us together, Spirit. Schweitzer and for Leslie Raymond and for their uh, duets this morning on violin and piano. It was absolutely beautiful. I hope you could hear that at home as well as we could hear it here. But let me say one thing about that. There, there, there's, there are some things we can control about Zoom and some things we cannot control. So uh, as long as we do everything that we can do here, uh, then a lot of it depends on your own internet connection. So we could get everything right here, and if your connection's a little glitzy that day, it's not going to work well, and vice versa. If our connection's a little glitzy, it's not going to work well. So thank you for grace in the midst of that. And uh, again, thanks to Donis and Leslie. Thanks to Mona and Jim for offering voice this morning. It was beautiful to hear them sing and wonderful to be able to sing along uh, with them. Again, thanks for being together. I'm going to offer the benediction, and then when I'm through, stick around on Zoom and say hello to each other if you would like. May you go in peace to love and serve the Lord, and as you go, remember who you are. You are disciples of Jesus, our Lord and our brother, children of Almighty God, bound together as brothers and sisters through the Spirit. You are the very body of Christ. So may you serve the Lord with gladness all your days. Amen.